What time is it, you wonder? Well, it's time for Drinks with Tony on KPCRLP Santa Cruz 101.9 FM. Shibby-doo-doo-doo sound. Tony Duchesne here and welcome to episode 141 of Drinks with Tony with my guest Mary Dixie Carter talking about her debut novel, The Photographer. Join me on June 9th at the free creative writing workshop through the Los Angeles Public Library. We're still on Zoom and you can log in from anywhere and don't even need a library card. But I pray everyone who listens to this show has a library card in their wallets. If you don't have a library card, go get a library card. Go to LAPL.org and search for events on June 9th to register for the free creative writing workshop. That's LAPL.org that I'll be teaching. If you miss this one, it's the second Wednesday of every month. And soon, we'll be back in person at the Los Feliz Branch Library. I can't wait. I love the smell of a room of writers. Equal parts uh, vulnerability and camaraderie mixed with a fragrant touch of bravery and a, a slight aroma of body odor. Hi, I'm Mary Dixie Carter, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. Yeah. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Mary Dixie Car- Carter. She's the author of The Photographer, a novel. Dixie Carter, how are you? Mary Dixie, I'm sorry. I messed it up. That's okay. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. How are you, Tony? I, I'm okay. Yeah. I just had tacos with some friends and um, and it, we can do things with friends again. How did that happen? Isn't that crazy that we are actually able to like have a meal with friends? I mean, the whole, the, the appreciation that I have for those simple things is huge. Like being able to sit with a friend and have a drink, like that's amazing. And confusing too, because I'm I'm sitting there going, why do I have pants on and I'm not watching Netflix? <laughs> we, we've given our. I got, our, to, meet, I got that, to to meet in person um, my editor for the first time on Tuesday. So I've been working with her for more than a year, and I got to have lunch and and actually see her in person. And, and also my agent, but I had already met my agent, but, um, but it, that was really fun. That, see, that's because working with an editor on the book is kind of an intimate experience. Yeah. So what was it like, what was it like when you met? Was it like you were longtime friends already? It kind of was. I mean, we've done Zoom calls, so we know each other. It is, but you know, there's something that you, that you, have when you see someone in person and you can actually like give someone a hug or uh, it's it changes and so it's 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 really nice it's really nice to be able to do that and you could smell them and they might smell bad (laughs) (laughs) we we get all of our senses oh my god the hugs i've gotten this week are more than the hugs i've gotten in the last 15 months is that right? I, oh yeah, because you know I've I've I'm I'm not a I live alone, you know, so I'm just like sitting there going, "Hug, what's this? <laughs> why, oh why, why am I feeling all warm and fuzzy inside? <laughs> oh, because I'm hugging my friend. Oh, that's nice. 
I feel like every time I hug someone, I like have to ask them, am I allowed to hug you? Yeah, I, I have to. Clear. <laughs> I know, exactly. And then um, I have to check to see if I wet my pants <laughs> after the hug. I go, wait a second. Did, did I, did, did, my body's not used to this. I just have to check. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it there. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> did you, now you live in Brooklyn, right? I do. I live in Park Slope. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I love it here. It's um, it's very pretty this time of year, especially. And um, and yeah, I uh, have been inside too much today doing um, phone calls and stuff. But I'm hopefully later on going to get a little walk outside. I I was in uh, Brooklyn in November in 2019. You know, thinking I was just going to come back again in a few months, and um, in Williamsburg. And it was, it was gorgeous. I love, it was raining and like kind of chilly and crisp, but that's my jam. I loved it. Yeah. Chilly and crisp, like a little breeze, but maybe some sunshine too. I would prefer it was like sunshine and crisp. That's perfect. Yeah. Crisp. I'm from San Francisco <laughs> and I'm in LA now, so we don't get crisp too much down here. So. Oh no, you don't, do you? No. It's, Sometimes it's, at night it's crisp. Perhaps. Yeah. And I run outside and I grab as much as I can. I'm like, thank you, thank you. Make me feel uncomfortable for a minute. I love it. Okay, back to happiness tomorrow morning. So. Did you? Did you um, I, oh, I I actually lived in LA. Um, I lived there from age nine to eighteen, but then I also lived there as an adult for a while too. And a lot of my family's there in California. So I'm back there, you know, a decent amount. Oh, that's, I would have, I, I see people who've grown up in LA and I'm like, you're, you were just friends with all my heroes. Cause I just, I saw like punk rock from San Francisco and I thought LA was like the pinnacle, you know? And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh wait, my friends were just friends with these people who were gods to me. How does that happen? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Growing up in LA is, is interesting, but um, but I I am happy now on the East Coast. I feel like this sense that I belong on the East Coast. I like I like the East Coast a lot. I it's I feel like I'm being drawn there somehow, and I'm like, okay, I may be I may be living on the East Coast at least half time at some point in the next couple of years. And when um, I say East Coast, I mean New York City. Yes. Because <laughs> there's nothing else on the East Coast, right? When you say East Coast, you just mean New York City. Unless you specify what city on the East Coast, then right. it's just New York City. Isn't that awful, though? I know. We're in a bubble. Oh. Yeah, it's awful. Like, I I um, used to hear people say the city, um, and then with the assumption that, that everyone knew they were talking about New York City when it isn't, there should not be that assumption. Um, but people, a lot of people did say it. Yeah, no, even San Francisco is, it's always the city. What, what are you yeah. doing? We're going to the city. Oh, what part? And then you tell them what part. It's right. And then it's just, um, it's just so weird that, I mean, I grew up there. So I didn't even know that, you know, you, not everybody gets to live near a, a base, a big baseball stadium 
You know, is I just, just I just grow up assuming, oh, what's your team? My team's the Giants, and they're up the street. You know? And then you just like, and then you realize, wait a second, people come from Portland to watch the Giants play. What? Oh yeah, you don't. Yeah, it's right at your grasp. Yes, that's that's very true. There are a lot of things that you don't realize when you grow up in, in a big city. You have you take a, a lot of things for granted that you have at your fingertips and you don't really even even realize that it's something to really appreciate um all the and then you don't you don't actually take advantage of it often enough like the museums in new york you know i i sometimes go to museums but not nearly as often as i probably should given that i actually live in new york i think we just get busy with what we do yeah. A, I, I grew up in San Francisco. I never went to Alcatraz. I still haven't been to Alcatraz. And it's oh, the number one tourist spot for when you go there. It's That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the, people from, the people from the other cities or other parts of the country come and then and they visit what you you have don't know because you've never been there. Bizarre. Like yeah. this, you know, it's like the Statue of Liberty if you live in New York. Similar. Right. Sometimes a lot of people haven't actually been to the statue. Of Have you been? Um, I went as a child, yes, but um, not as an adult. I think once is enough. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, you could see it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I I think of I think of New York and the Brooklyn as like just a great town to be a writer in. Yeah, that's really true. Really, really true. You know, like, so last night I um, did an event with Community Bookstore, which is just two blocks away from me. So this is one of the huge advantages of living where I live and having a bookstore that's so wonderful, like such an amazing bookstore, like a stone's throw away. And that's you know, it's, it's really, really nice. It's really nice for my children. It's nice for me. It's nice for us to be able to just pop in there. You know, and we have a couple hours free and look around. It's a pleasure. You, so you, you got to do an event in person then? No, birthday. sorry. It was a, it was a virtual event. Okay. But it was an event with my community bookstore and it's oh. called community bookstore, but it also happens to be my community bookstore because they they're two blocks away from me um and another thing i'll just add is that my husband so the day the book came out tuesday my husband took the children to community bookstore the book was in the window oh my which gosh. was so fabulous and the children and he took a picture of the children in front you know um posing next to the book and sent it to me and that was such a it was such a thrill. That is wonderful. And this is your debut novel. It is my debut novel. Yes. So how does it, how does that feel when the day of release, how, what, what, what goes, what is going through your mind other than the beauty of your husband taking a photo of your kids in the window? Well, it's such a, I mean, it's such a thrill. I feel so fortunate and like really, really happy about it. And, but, and I've felt that way through this entire process. This past year, I'm like, uh, feel blessed. I feel really, really fortunate that 
um, that my book is being published, that I'm working with such a wonderful publisher, that I have a wonderful literary agent. I feel like everything in this particular case um, has been great. And, and that the book's getting some attention. I feel like so happy about that. Yes. And yeah. People mag. So Kim was sending me all the stuff. She's like, check out people magazine, check out, uh, you're getting wonderful press. Did, did you, that, yeah. Did you know ahead of time or is some of this a surprise? Some of it you, is a surprise because um, nothing. I mean, I, I know that, that we're hoping for certain things. I knew that we were hoping to have, a review in the New York Times, but I didn't know whether that was going to happen or not. I knew that we we're hoping maybe the book might be in People magazine. There are various different things we we're hoping for, but you never know if it's going to happen really until at least this is my experience until the last minute. Um, you know, maybe the day before, or two days before, that's about it. How many copies of People did you buy? Well, it's not on the newsstands yet, but I'm. Oh, a lot. yeah. <laughs> Yes. No, I, I, those, those rare, cause those, these moments are so few and far between that when yeah. I, whenever I've had press, I, I grab the whole stack. <laughs> <Here> we go. <laughs> and they're just looking at me like, oh, you're in here, huh? And I'm like, yeah, want to see you. And they're like, no, we don't care. <laughs> Get out of here. Kid. Oh, it's so true. Right. It's yeah. like, like truly try to enjoy it. And, and, it is, it's a little hard to relax and enjoy myself because at least leading up to the publication, I just really want the book to do well. And there, you know, in spite of everything, you just don't know. You don't know how the book's gonna be received. Uh, um, and there's a little bit of like a leap of faith. So, you know, tremendous amount of anxiety along with being super excited and happy, a lot of um, anxiety and hoping for the best. It's, it's almost like, here's how it, here's how it was for me. I have a relationship with this story for so long. And then all of a sudden now other people can have a relationship with it. I, it's no, it's out of my hands and that, that yeah. freaks me out. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's like, it's not, it's no longer really only yours. Um, it's, you know, it belongs to, I, I feel like the book, it, you know, I wrote it, but I also feel like every one of the amazing people and the brilliant, talented people who have worked on the book to get it to this point, like it's our book is like in, in my gut, I actually do feel like that, that there's a way that it's like our book because, because um, what the, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like so many incredibly talented people um, you know, ushered this book towards its publication. Now, at the same time, your name's on it. So if you were getting, if you were getting trashed by the press, <laughs> none of those people would be raising their hand going, I was a part of that. I was a part of it. It's all you. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. The good or the bad. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's why I love novels. It's like we kind of live or die by them. We're stuck. We, yeah. you know, we can't go, oh, yeah, the director made a horrible choice there and the casting was just terrible. It's like, nope. It's, no, that, it's, all, it's all me. Yeah. All <laughs> me. <laughs> you, you've been writing for magazines and uh, in journalism for many years, yeah? 
I have, I have. And I also wrote a novel before this one. Yeah, and it never got published? And it never got published. I think that, oh, I want to hear this one because I think everyone has to write a novel. Everyone has to write a terrible novel in order to learn how to write a novel. And then you write a novel. I think that's true. I mean, it, it certainly was true for me. I don't think my first novel was terrible. I have to defend my first novel that was never published because I think there's some merit in it and I'm still proud of it if you know if someone were to read it. But it, it, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from writing that novel about what, what a novel is and how it could be constructed. And you know, it just, I, I'm a much better writer for having done that. Isn't that true? You know what trips me out too is when, like when we're working on a book or we're working on something that when we start it, we're, we're a certain type of writer. And after, when we hit the end of the draft, we're actually a better writer than we were when we started. It's like interesting. We, we have more crafts. So we go back to the beginning and go, what the hell was I thinking there? Of course we go <laughs> this, this, and this. It's, there's a beauty to it. Cause we just, it's something that we just keep learning how to hone the craft more and more, you know, just by put, yeah. just by getting on the page. Yeah, it's true. When, if I go back to that first novel, so even though I might be able to say, oh, oh this could be better, this could be better, this could be better. It's, I'm such a different person than I was when I wrote that novel at that time in my life that like, I don't even think I could go back to it and revise it yeah. because, because the, 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 the place that I'm coming from is so different now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think that I would have access to it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Did, did you write it before you had kids? I wrote it um, when I was pregnant with my first child. Yeah. I mean, that's when I wrote the first draft. Uh-huh. And so, and then I revised, but it, I mean, it stayed reasonably close to that first draft. And then mm -hmm. I revised it and, and I did, uh, I had an agent who sent it around and, um, you know, nothing happened. And, it, and that must've felt gutting at the time. Yes, it was. Um, it was, you know, it's not the agent that I have now. So the whole experience was hard but I did learn from the whole experience. And I, well, another thing is I learned gratitude for today. So had that not happened, I might not fully appreciate like how grateful I should be today for getting my book published. Isn't it weird? It's a gratitude is awesome. And, it, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes for me, it takes a kick in the head to go, wait a second. Wait, I'm missing all the things I need to be grateful for. What, what's, yeah. what, what was I thinking? Thinking exactly. that it had to come to me. What, who does that? And it's just like, oh wait, I do that. I kind of still do that sometimes, and you have to kind of pull it back. Yeah, you, know? you, you have to like take stock and be like, these, these are really wonderful things that are happening right now. And, um, but then if you have a reference point for something that did not go well, then it's it's even clearer to you. Yeah. That, yeah, that, it, it, that it, this is something to enjoy, yeah? No, it's like not having water for a long time and then tasting right. the most wonderful water. 
It's like, oh, this is fused with cucumber. And, you know, and you're just like, oh, yes. It's nectar. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you know, when my first book came out, when I, um, I was like, is this, is it, uh, it was like that Peggy Lee song. Is that all there is? I was like, is this, a, it was just, it was me having a drink with uh, my two publicists, um, my parents and a friend. And we just kind of all looked at each other and we're like, huh. <laughs> then, okay. Yeah. Well, we got press and stuff, but it's just, and you know, I was excited about that. But at the same time, it was just like, this is really just another day. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess you can look at it like that. I, you know, you, you need to take some of the, the uh, good news in stride and with a grain of salt because you can't have your mood be like going down and up and down and up based on the news that you happen to get that day. Yeah. So, so like if you're, I mean, as much as I appreciate it, I, you know, if, if something good happens, if you take, if you take, believe everything that everyone says that's good, then you've got to believe everything that everyone says that's bad too. And so you need to try, which is very hard for me to have like my own sense of it and not be looking for the world to tell me. Um, but you know, that's hard to do. Yeah, see, you sound so healthy about these things. You know, you know, what, <laughs> what, what, what freaks me out is like 100 people can say the most wonderful thing about something I've done, but two of them will say shitty things. And I'll remember the two, I won't remember the 100. That's exactly what I do too. That's exactly what I do too. And so I was an actor um, for uh, a while. I was a stage actor. And so I would get reviews, you know, as an actor too. And it's, you know, the, the, it's sort of similar, but there are, you know, there could be a, a bunch of good reviews, but the bad review you will never forget. And like the words stay with you forever. Yeah. But I think maybe that's human nature or maybe it's just depending on your personality type. Maybe some people actually only remember the good ones. Wouldn't that be good if we could do that? Oh my God. I, I would, this, this space that you see now filled with wrinkles and stress would be just, <laughs> it would just be youth and glow. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, um, what was, what, what's, what is it? I mean, it's vulnerable being a writer, especially writing fiction, and vulnerable being an actor. What what, what was was a similar vulnerability for you when when you're? I think so. I mean, so I think that they're very similar. Like mm -hmm. the the muscles and that you use for acting, and the way I think about it, and the way I think about writing, I I feel like they're really similar. I feel like my acting background helped me a tremendous amount in writing a novel. And it's getting into the body of the character and getting into like, because getting into the body helps you get into the brain. It's very hard for me to get into the brain without getting into the body. And so as an actor, I like, so I'm sure that every writer does this. I'll just preface it by saying, um, but what, what might be different about me having an acting background is that I was in the practice of getting into the body of the character and being on stage in the body of the character. So, um, 
So like when I'm writing, I go there to the same kind of feeling of like, I'm in the body and now, you know, and now what does she do? Does she look down? Does she, you know, put her hand to her? Like, what is her next, what's her attitude? And the attitude and the emotions and the thoughts come from, uh, at least my own experience come from the body. So, um, so that, so I, I feel like those things go hand in hand. And Delta Dawn, the character, the main character in my book. So it's first person. So a lot of what I did in writing this book was just getting into this person's body and mind and allowing her voice to take over and just take me wherever she would go. Wow. I, you know, I, I don't, I like the inhabiting the body part. Cause I feel like I don't do that when I write, I'm always thinking on the mind level, but what a great way to approach it because it's, uh, you're probably getting a lot more senses and yeah, I don't know. It's, I, it's cool. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's helpful. It's helpful for me. I'm sure that other, it wouldn't be helpful for someone else, but for me, it's helpful because um but it might be because of, because I have an acting background that it's helpful for me, or that that's the the way that comes naturally for me to think about it. The, the acting craft just it blows my mind. How it, it it's it, you know it's not it's not to be taken lightly. I I've no. since I moved to Los Angeles, I finally realized I'm like oh my god, you know I used to think oh writers you write you put in your time every single day, actors show up on set, ha <laughs> ha. It's like no, right. actors got to work at it every day. They yeah. they are they're doing their craft every day, so that one day when they show up on set and do the amazing scene, that's years of work put yeah. into that. Totally yes, and and actors also. Um, they, they fully create that character because there's only so much that's on the page. And so they find the same way a writer would, they find the history and they find um, even if it's not something that they're necessarily gonna talk about in a scene, but they find like, who is this person? What happened to this person when she was six years old? Like, wh where did she live? What did that, what did that house look like? And what, how did that inform how, who she is today? Um, like all those kinds of things that you think about as a writer, I think good actors think that way too. Yeah, it blows my mind. And, and just, um, you know, it, it just, to, to take words from a page on a script and just make it, they, they bring a whole new dimension to it. It's, it's I'm, my mind is still blown about, you know, growing up in San Francisco and not knowing much about the industry and then actually being around it a little bit. And, and it, my heart just opened and I went, Oh, these people yeah. work hard. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it's impressive. I mean, yeah. It's impressive and exciting too. Do you still have the acting bug? Um, not in in that I'm not going to go out and audition for anything. But I did the narration for my mm. audio book, and it was really a wonderful experience. And I really wanted to do the narration, and 
I, I felt like I understood this woman's point of view and her voice. And I really wanted to communicate that. And so I was thrilled that I had that opportunity to do the narration. And it was like my acting background coming together with my writing this book and everything comes full circle. And I, so, so I, um, I'm so happy about, about that, that I got to do it. So no, I'm not gonna go out and audition for anything, but I still enjoy, you know, if, if a friend, for example, asks me to uh, do a reading or something, I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy acting, but but it's certainly not what I'm focused on. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I keep forgetting so much is about the auditions. How many auditions that actors really go to? Oh, God. Yeah, the auditions are the worst. Yeah. I, I never liked the auditions. <laughs> I, I, it's, I got to shadow a director for a TV series. That's why I was in New York. And um, I went to the casting session for the, uh, the, you know, the actors that have one or two lines. Yeah. Uh, and I sat there. It was him, me, the, it was him, the casting director and me. And everyone kept, they were just seeing people like this. And everyone came in the room and looked at me and they're like, oh my God, you know, who is that? Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm nobody. Don't worry about me. You know, <laughs> it was, and then, um, but to see the process just blew my mind. I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much rejection. It is like, there's, there's, they, and they do it because they're passionate about it. If you, if you don't have it in your yeah. soul, this weeds the people why out. Would you do it? Yeah. yeah, it was, it, there I was mean, a, there's a beauty to it. And then the, the one of the, the kids that got cast in the, he came up to me as we were on set and he's like, thank you so much. He thought I was somebody, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, Kim. <laughs> But seeing yeah. that end of it, just it, it was um, what I used to think was, uh, you know, yeah, I know I'm sure it's humiliating, but at the same time, it's what these, the, the, it shows that these people have the guts and the, they're yeah, in Exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, because it's sort of like, that's the, the whole life is auditioning. And then once in a while you get the role, I mean, until you are, extremely well known or established in some way. And writing has a lot of rejection too, but it's different because it's a little different because it's not like this daily kind of thing that it would be, you know, that it is as an actor. Yeah, it's, um, and then plus as an actor, they're, they're like going, well, you know, he won't fit that suit. You know, it's just like you can lose a part for not having the right body type. And as writers, yeah. we could we could just get dumpy and ugly and still keep going. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. Poor actors. A lot of uh, a lot of time on appearance. A lot of time spent on appearance. Yeah. You know, this blew my mind. This is just a this is out of nowhere. You know, Mark Wahlberg, he works out like six hours a day. No way. Are you serious? Yeah. He gets up at like 3.30 a.m. every day and he's working out and then he has breakfast and he works out more. That's why he oh, takes gosh. his shirt off in every movie. <laughs> I would too. If I put that much, I would just be like, look, I, this, I'm working <laughs> for this. And, and I, I, try, I try to find the minute that, we, that Mark Wahlberg loses his shirt in movies. I'm like, what minute does he lose the shirt in the, you know. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. And it usually happens in act one. And I wonder if it's in the contract where it's just like, he has to show his abs. The guy's <laughs> late 40s. Those abs are fantastic. 
And I'm like sitting there going, his abs are fantastic. When are they showing it? You know? So. <laughs> Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I veered there. Um, I <laughs> you have Mark Wahlberg moments every once in a while. But yeah. the, you know, these people that I sometimes I think are probably cheesy are great actors. Like even Tom Cruise, I would never want to meet him in person. But he, but I watch his movies and I'm like, damn it, I'm still enamored of you. I hate myself. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I feel the exact same way. He's really he's really brilliant actor even yeah. though there's a lot of other things wrong but right yeah i'm not going to see my daughter because she's a suppressive uh person or whatever the scientologists <laughs> call it yeah i just shake my head and go man uh, but you bet you were around the industry are there people where if they're in the movie and you're like oh my god that movie's probably really good but i can't see it because of that dude no you mean people that i really disliked yeah that, yeah that i that i no i that you worked with no no i'm not no, asking to name names I'm just, I'm just no i don't think that um ever i don't think i had that kind of just strong dislike for any person in the industry at least i can't remember if i did you know what i'm realizing i'm realizing i'm bringing my own um my own, my own awfulness onto you when you're, you're like, you're like grateful. You have gratitude, <laughs> you the beauty in the world. It's your, this is the week of your publication and I'm bringing this weirdness to the whole thing. And I just realized it. I'm like, why am I doing that? No, but you know, when I say I'm grateful and I have gratitude, I'm telling you what I'm, um, it happens to be true now, but there's a lot of anxiety that goes with that. So it's not like I'm this uh, evolved human being. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are. I really think you are. I'd say, and I don't, don't discredit yourself there because it's, it's impressive and whatever you're doing, keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, um, and I, I mean, I love the premise of the book too. When, when did, what what do you remember when you kind of came up with the idea and were forming that like was it the idea or was it the character first what kind of came first in the so i do remember i hired a photographer to take pictures of my children who are now 10 years old and 8 years old but this was a few years ago and the pictures came back and they were really beautiful photos but the children's eyes were vivid cobalt blue and they're not in real life. And I said to the photographer, I'd like for my children's eyes to be their real color. And she said, there is no real color. And that stuck with me. That sentence, there is no real color stayed with me. And, um, and so it wasn't like immediately I started writing the book after that happened, but it was in the back of my mind. And the psychology that goes with it, like there is no real color, there is no real anything. You just edit the photo, you make it what you want it to be and put it out there. And, and so this character, Delta Dawn, she really just, she goes with that. She doesn't have a problem with changing what was there in the photo to suit what she wants it to be and then believing in the new version of the photo. Um, and convincing herself of the new version. And so, and she does that in her life 
and she does it in the photo and her boundaries of like what's real and what's not real, what's in her head and what's not are very fluid and non-existent basically. Yeah. It, I, for, when I, for me, it brings up the question of um, our own point of view. Cause like, as we, as we are, we're just the protagonist in our story through life, yeah. right? So, so, so what do we tell ourselves that are kind of like, you know, fibbing ourselves and essentially like when I walk by a mirror, I know the mirror is wrong. You know, I'm like, I am not that heavy. And I just, and I just filter it out, you know, but no, but you know, but I, I, that's a, that's a joke, but sometimes it's just like, wait, what is, what is our personal perception of life? Yeah. Like, so, so that is one of the things I was just, I was really interested in what you just said, like lying to one's self and telling oneself uh, a version and then, and then really going fully committing to that version of the, of that alternate version. And, and then in Delta's case, the truth or the reality is so irrelevant. It's like, there's no point of reference. She changed this and it was originally like this and now it's, the picture's gonna be like this. It's like the original photo is been erased. And, the, and there's no regard for it. It's like, it doesn't really matter. It's what you want the picture to be that matters. And so that, and that, you know, with Instagram and stuff, I, I actually didn't, um, I wasn't thinking a lot about Instagram in writing this book, but a lot of people have been brought that up as something that, um, you know, social media is, doing this all the time, like presenting something that's a version that you're presenting to the world and it's not necessarily the real version. It's so true. Cause like, and, and I, and I'm trying to like check myself on it as well. Cause the, it, I feel like the versions either, you know, um, it's happy and I'm not this happy or <laughs> here I am really sad. And you know, it, you're either like, hitting one or two things where you're asking for sympathy or you're asking for praise. <laughs> and I do it I, I, every time before I post something, I'm like, why, why is my ego tell what, why is this going to stroke my ego? You know? And then I'm just like, oh, that's going to stroke my ego no matter what <laughs> post, but it's, I don't know. I don't know what the ramifications are for us evolving, you know, in yeah. general, if I, I couldn't even fathom being a kid and going, this, you know, just thinking this is all there is. Like yeah. th this has always been the case. It kind of blows my mind. It, it does. I mean, there's a lot of good things about social media. I'm not like criticizing it in a sort of general sense, but, um, and I'm, you know, just as much a culprit or a victim, whatever you want to call yeah. it, <laughs> as anyone else. But it's, there's something that's being lost and, it's a shame because it's not like, it's not replacing act, like you don't wanna have to present a nicer version of yourself to your friends. It should be that you want your friends to see who you actually are and not trying to like put it out there that you're better or glossier than you actually are. 
And then, and then I think, you know, there's something that does to your self-esteem because you think, well, that was the version I needed to show everyone because the real version is not that great. And so that's why I needed to show the better version. Yeah. My mind is blown. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I need to take a text in here. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, and, and then, and then I, and then to go even deeper, sometimes it's like, how are we presenting ourselves in life? I mean, a lot of times if someone says, Hey, Tony, how are you doing? I'll say, Oh, I'm fine. And then yeah. I sit back and go, wait a second. I'm not fine. It's been a rough couple of days. Why did I say I was fine? And, yeah. and then it's just, Oh wait, I just didn't want to bother, but then I'm presenting something that's not true. And right. then if you're too true, everyone's just like, don't ever ask Tony if, how he's doing. <laughs> Where's the balance, right? It's true. That's, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. People don't want to always hear what you have to tell them. People aren't always super interested in the full truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're just like... There, go ahead. There are a few people. There are few and far between. But there are a few people... And, um, you know, and I'm grateful when I find one of them who care about the full truth. And, um, and it's nice when those people exist, the ones who care about the full truth. I love it too. Like, uh, I, I, this has happened to me a couple of times where, uh, you know, grocery people, uh, grocery clerks, I'll be like, how are you doing? And they'll be like, I, it's, they'll be like, it's, it's been a bad day. And they'll tell me what's going on. And, it, you know, nice. it, and I'm just sitting there. <laughs> thank you so much for the truth the truth felt great and and, yeah. I, and i sympathize with them i'm like oh my god dude i used to be aware i get it people yeah. are awful sometimes they just don't know you know yeah. and, and you have this wonderful like authenticity that if they just said fine i wouldn't remember it but they told yeah. me they told me how their day really was and i'm just like i get it man i get it it is you, you're right. Those moments of authenticity are are really so valuable. They're really valuable because they don't happen all that often with when you're out in the world. People are sort of, you know, on an automatic to just say what they're supposed to say yeah. and not and not be like have a moment of genuine interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, I went, cause I, I'm divorced. So I got divorced and people would be like, how you doing? I'd be like, terrible. I just found out I'm getting divorced. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, but there was a lot of beauty in it. Cause I, the, I found out my, like the friends that came out and were yeah. just like, we just want to be with you. And that's it. Yeah. And, the, and I learned so much from that experience. Cause now if I have a friend that gets divorced and they're just like, I'm, you know, they're, they're devastated. And I'm like, I'm coming over. We're going out. And I, yeah. I'm in, I'm in, I can't go out right now. I don't care if you just sit there and look and stare at the wall. I'm going to stare at the wall with you. You just need someone around you. And it's, yeah. there's a beauty to it. It's like, even though something devastating can happen, what the, the humans bring, just keep coming together and coming together. They're going to, it's, there's, yeah. there's beauty to it. There's beauty to awfulness. How does that yeah. happen? There is. And, and now that we're, you know, kind of on the other side of the pandemic, we can have that again, that like, you know, and have it in person where you, if you care about someone who's having a hard time, you can actually like go see them and tell them that you're there. 
I was just driving in Los Angeles traffic. And I, I got to say, the pandemic has made me a very empathetic dude. Because now I used to like kind of honk a little more, you know, and like, come on, what are you doing? And I'm just like, they're probably having a rough day. We're all having a, we've had, we've all had a hard time. Just let, just, just let them make a left turn in front of me. It's okay. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to change the trajectory of my life if I'm at this stoplight for another red, you know. Isn't that great though? I mean, that's something nice has, I, I think that, that, that there is a decent amount of that, of people being like giving someone the benefit of the doubt and, you know, assuming the best, don't assume the worst, assume the best. Yeah. And then some, but then sometimes it's, it's like, then people are, you know, they're acting out too, you know, like so people yeah. and people in fear do, do, uh, do strange things sometimes. And you're just going, ah, oh, that's a shame. You could stay over there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have too much empathy for you because you haven't worked through anything. So just... <laughs> oh gosh. So, so when is your husband going to get another photo of your kids in a bookshop with your next book. Cause, cause now, now the, now you're going to have to have that photo every two years. So you can see how your kids grow and what book you were on. Oh, good point. Very good point. Yes. It's going to have to be like this chronology. Well, so I, I am working on another book, but I don't have very much to share about it yet. Um, some thematic similarities to this book. It's not nothing to do with photography or anything like that, but some things that will be similar and there's definitely a female uh, protagonist. And um, I can't say too much more, but I, I can tell you some good news, which is that I, um, that the photographer is being developed uh, for a series adaptation. And um, that's happening now, but it hasn't been announced um, that's like in the process, though I'm not supposed to share any details about it because it has not been announced yet. But that's well, exciting. See, now this is bad. This is bad when I'm doing podcast on Zoom because then I'd be like, "We need three more martinis for Mary uh, Mary Dixie here," <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and then you know try to get some truth serum out of you. No, that that's fantastic news. Um, do you know if you're going to have a hand in the uh, adaptation or? Um, so or you don't have to say anything if it's I I mean I can say that I'm the well maybe I'm not supposed to share yeah that. don't don't worry about it <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't want you to say anything that can uh, you know be legally <laughs> binding in a court of law no but that, but 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 that is fantastic news and it's got to just yeah it's to it's, see your story it, blow up like that. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Yes, it's totally exciting. And I'm thrilled with the people who are working on it and have like a lot of faith that it's going to be good. So that's, that's exciting too. And, you know, I need to buckle down and get the second novel written. Um, but it certainly is, there's a lot of uh, things to distract me right now with yeah. the book coming out. Very good things to distract you. Very you should be things. very distracted. Yes. I hope you, I hope you get the Man Booker Prize this year, <laughs> or, <laughs> or a Pulitzer at least. What 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 are some what are some things you can get along the way? I was you know I 
I've I've always practiced my Oscar speeches, but you know Fun. they they don't come. That's... But I but I know <laughs> I know who I'm not going to thank. I really don't have who I'm going to thank. I have who I'm not going to thank. And boy, are they going <laughs> to are they going to know I'm not going to thank them when they hear that they don't even come up on the list. <laughs> I really have to talk to my therapist, but I appreciate you putting up with me. <laughs> no, but you need to visualize these things. Like I do think it's true. Like the more that you visualize yourself doing the thing that you would like to be doing, the more likely you are to be doing it. It's, and this is what I, this is what I need to do as a writer. I need to be, uh, there's two things. There's two things working in my, on my end. I have to be utterly delusional that I'm writing the best thing ever and it's going to change the world. And then I realize that I'm writing total junk and no one's ever going to, you know, I'm teetering between those two things, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm still going, no, this is it. This is the one that's going to send me to uh, wherever the Nobel prize is. And they'll be like, how did you figure out this, this uh, philosophy on this character? And, you know, this angle that has just changed the perception of everyone's lives and I'll be like, thank you. No, that that was, you know, it's easy to do when you're when you're me. It's easy, you know. <laughs> oh gosh. Mary Dixie, stop me now. Just let's... <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. It is a it has been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That's so much gratitude. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because your debut novel is fantastic and it came out two days ago or if you really did like being on the show. We'll we'll, we'll find out in a we'll we'll do a follow up maybe in six months. Okay. Okay. Good. Excellent. Thanks, Mary Dixie. Bye. Mary Dixie Carter on Drinks with Tony. Check out her debut novel, The Photographer. Next week on the show we have Claire Phillips. She'll be discussing her memoir, A Room with a Darker View. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Drinks with Tony. You are on your radio dial at 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz.